This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types, superheroes and those seeking to become. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features the co-hosts of Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast about scandals and scandalousness in politics and government, hosted by Stephanie Domingo and Tux Lurzel. They are both uh, based in the Bushwick area, and uh, so we connected a few months ago and decided to, to collaborate on a couple of things. So this is us having a conversation about, about their show, about politics in general, about current events, um, and about, yeah, podcasting in general. And maybe, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you listening know that uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away this weekend um, and he played a number of important historical figures to me. We have this election coming up. Um, so while their podcast is a little bit more comedic, um, we kind of had a pretty, <laughs> pretty serious conversation. Um, and one of the first things I want to say off the bat before you listen to this is whether you agree with me, whether you agree with Tux, whether you agree with Stephanie, I hope we can all agree that um, democracy is a good thing. And in order for democracy to work, everybody has to participate and vote. So, of course, in the show notes for this episode, you will see the links to Beyond Reproach, um, which is beyondreproachpod.com. You can also find Beyond Reproach on social medias, Instagram, um, but uh, also there's going to be a link that if you are not registered to vote, that you can register to vote. It's going to be the national link. There are different deadlines, but but it's coming up quick. Basically, in October, most states have deadlines to register. So if you are registered, good. Thank you for participating. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. Like I want your voice heard. I want you represented um, and I hope we can agree on that. So if you are registered, thank you very much. Um, if you could pass it on to anybody else, please do that as well. Um, we all agree this is important. But this was a very fun conversation. Um, but, you know, we talk about politics and current events. So there's a lot going on right now to process. So I had a great time talking with them. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And we'll just get right into it. This is going to be a longer one, um, but it's really good. So check it out. This is Stephanie Domingo and Tux Lurzel, Beyond Reproach Podcast. Let's have a conversation. We are here. Yes. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Beyond Reproach in the, well, in the simulated flesh. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All of your um, podcasts have been Zoom since lockdown, right? Yeah, um, I had a few that were in the uh, like in the can before. Okay. But after a certain point, yeah, they were all. You record in um, like a lingerie store, right? Yeah, that's my wife's store, uh, the Rack oh, Shack. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I've been recording in my apartment since. There's no reason to do the studio thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. The studio is wherever we want to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. And where do y'all record it. usually? 
at my apartment in Bushwick. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to live in Bushwick. Oh, where'd you move to? I was gentrified out of Bushwick <laughs> three years ago. Uh, I knew it was coming. Like I, I saw it coming from a mile away and I, I, I can't even be mad, but I'm now in Flatbush and okay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a weird thing like with our apartment where there've been different, there've been like major issues over the years. How long have like, you been so, there? Like eight years. Oh, wow. But so the thing is, Four years ago, five years ago, so we were doing air. Like my wife, she's from Amsterdam. We were oh, do, cool. doing Airbnb in like one of the bedrooms before, and then we moved next door in the same building because it was oh. bigger, and we were planning on doing the Airbnb part time so that when we have family in town, we yeah. have like extra I can take space. That room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we moved to a bigger space, and then it was like not a wise financial decision i would say um <laughs> but then there were so many problems that with with things gentrifying but then how sometimes rent gets so expensive that people can't actually find places yeah and so we were looking at other places and we found like a spot that was like similar but way better and so we were gonna leave and then our landlords actually um lowered our rent oh oh and so oh. now there's yeah and so now there's like a thing where we've been here wow um they can't it's kind of like a stalemate it's kind of i think just as long as we're here it is do you have a lease is. though not Are anymore like, okay. oh wow okay that's Which is awesome actually I mean, also kind of scary too yeah <laughs> kind of but that's actually in our fate like when you've been somewhere long enough like it's in your favor Mm -hmm. yeah when the, especially when there's like problems with coding like you oh, know yes. there's like things that aren't right so oh absolutely yeah there's still problems don't get me wrong but for now we're gonna be here it's worth you're still in Bushwick right you're still yeah 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 okay that's cool um yeah <laughs> living in New York City yeah it's yeah. good times yeah I feel like I'm a, a real New Yorker because I was gentrified out of a neighborhood. Like, I feel <laughs> official. Like, I've arrived. Yeah. I've had where, to scramble out. <laughs> and where are you two from originally? I'm from Ohio. And I'm from upstate New York, like the okay. Finger Lakes. And yeah. I'm from Seattle. Uh, and when, so you started, I think, uh, Beyond Reproach around the same time I started Bushwick Variety Show. Do you remember, like, what time of year it was? And... We, it was we started birthday talks, right? That oh, was like the, the, the first time we talked about it was on my birthday. Yeah. Uh, we started recording in the summer, but the first episode released in the fall. Like, I think it was in, in October. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe October. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what gave you the idea to do a podcast kind of about history? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we're both big history nerds and yeah. especially like American politics. Uh, yeah, I'm for better or for worse, mostly for yeah. worse. <laughs> there, I mean, it's like, it's such a shit show that it's just kind of fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, and you know, you hope that it gets better and things improve and you want to work towards that. Uh, so the idea for the show is kind of like, 
things are so awful right now that we wanted to be able to focus on like how awful things were in the past so we can feel yeah. better about how things are right now. And then we quickly learn that everything is connected and that the, there's no such thing as the past. Yeah. Unfortunately. So it's, for me, it's been really good for my mental health to focus on, not to focus on the current administration in any shape or fashion because it's just, it's too dark and it's, it's just too much. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love politics and I, I really just, summer 2016, I just completely bailed. Like I got off of Facebook because I was just, getting into fights with everyone. I was telling everyone that, you know, Trump is going to win. And they laughed at me. And I'm like, oh, you guys, he's not a joke. It's not funny. Yeah. So it's it's a way for me to still be connected to politics, but not, like, be looking at this dumpster fire that's happening currently. What? Yeah, and talking about the past and how it relates to the future, one of the more infuriating conversations I had, I think it was, like, on the 4th of July, Oh no! <laughs> um, well, so I was hanging out with some good, like, solid friends of mine, but they're like very, one of them, like, very educated white liberals. And some of, and, but this was just stupid what they were saying is just, I was saying, I am worried about this election coming up. And, yeah. yes. Um, I, anybody who listens to me knows, like, I was a Bernie Sanders guy, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. That said, I do not want I, I do not want Trump in office, you know, period. Like I period. Uh, yes. <laughs> um feel, like I kind of do this dance where it's like I try to look I try to distance myself from it because it just pisses me off. Oh, um, it's, it's you're right for it to piss you off. It means you have a working brain. <laughs> yeah. But they were basically like it was like these two guys and they were just both kind of like, no, 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 there's no way that yes. Trump oh And I'm God. like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, oh That's what you, they were saying They're four years ago. Triggering. Like you right. can't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't believe there was any way for him to get in, in in the first place. But now this time around, it's like, we, we've been through this already. We yeah, have to we've like, seen it. We've seen you can't be impossible. underestimated. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, ne never just... underestimate the power of white supremacy in no, America. Yeah. True story. Yeah. That's that's um, a thread that goes back <laughs> to the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me, I was listening just now. Like I've listened to some of the episodes. So you're going to be going into season three, also, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, which I just started season three. I didn't even know that I was going to do seasons in the beginning. You know, you, you learn as you go. Mm -hmm. um, I'm guessing, because what I found about doing seasons is kind of taking a pause and kind of assessing what was working before, what maybe you want to do differently going forward. I haven't really changed much. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's good to like sit back and reflect and sort of like, now I'm going to do this. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work to podcast. Yes. I yeah. think it's, I think it's, you want, you want to take a break every so often to just make sure you're not burning out. Like mm -hmm. we, uh, we definitely want to do this for the long haul. It's like a labor of love and it feels very important, the work that we're doing. Um, you know, connecting the past to the present. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't do this without the breaks. Yeah, yeah. we, 
we do a lot of research for our stories too. So yeah, it, you know, it's a lot of work just, just writing it before we even start recording. So mm -hmm. it's definitely necessary to give ourselves a break. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, that, that break is also really helpful for us to be able to sort of go back and listen to old episodes and, and think about what, what we're happy with and what we want to keep doing and what we want to do more of or what isn't really working so, so mm -hmm. well. Um, mm -hmm. In our next season, we're going to kind of, uh, we do mini-sodes as well that are not, um, not as, not necessarily as history-focused. They're sort of more current events and yeah, more culture. sort of, yeah, culture or whatever. Uh, but we're going to kind of switch up the way we do those in the next season just because they don't, they're not really working as well as we'd hope they would. Yeah. What made you start your podcast? I'm curious. I, I, I've listened to, I've like binge listened to your podcast. I really enjoy it. I love that you like shed light on these amazing creators in the neighborhood. Um, but like what made you start your, your podcast around the same time? Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. Uh, basically it was kind of around the same time of like, deciding to like come back to acting which was like okay. a thing that I did um from young um and then stopped for about five years completely um and I was also involved with like music in Bushwick specifically I, like I have a but I still technically have a band um we perform <laughs> like once a year now usually okay. perform, perform every summer at Coney Island that obviously didn't happen this year um but Basically, my feeling was one of the frustrating things about being a New York artist is I feel like in the business world, like local publications do a good job of like covering local businesses. But as a local artist, whereas in like Seattle, where I'm from, um, I grew up with a lot of local artists. Uh, Macklemore, um, he's oh, like yeah. one people might know of, but there's like other, there's a lot of other local artists who, when bigger acts come into town, these local artists have an opportunity sometimes to share stages with them. Oh, cool. And the local news like supports local artists. Whereas in New York, local publications, a lot of times, like local music, it's like, oh, Jay Z's doing something over here. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that's, so I feel like there's a, a platform missing for like local artists. Mm -hmm. And so I was frustrated about it for a while. Cause it was like even frustrating to the point of like pulling teeth to get somebody to come out and like see a show somewhere. You know what I mean? And like yeah. critique it. Like if it's whack, tell me it's what, like, you know, I'm putting it out yeah. there. Um, people are putting it out there. Tell me it's whack. Um, but then I realized with the age we're in, with social media, with podcasts, with blogs, like mm -hmm. podcasts aren't new anymore, blogs aren't new. Um, but I think there's still something about, um, you know, people talk about what happens if I get put on. It's like, put yourself on. And yeah. You don't need millions yeah. of people. You just need yeah. to connect with the people who want what you have to offer. Exactly. And so, so that was kind of like the idea behind the podcast. Um, 
I think it was kind of something I couldn't articulate. I, I could articulate it at the time, but I've been able to like discover more about it. So my personal mission now is to elevate others and myself so that together we can reach new heights. Okay. Um, yeah, that's amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, so that's it really. Like, um, and I also think as, have you found this, but I think as hard as it is, especially when you're doing a podcast where you have conversations with other people, I feel like when we're in a world where we text all the time, we're on social media, we communicate, our communication has gotten like more clipped. Yeah. When you have these long form yeah. conversations, I think it gives me some humanity back. Yeah. Um, totally. You know? Yeah, because there's like a, it's a bit of like randomness and like we've almost forgotten how to talk to each other in real ways. Like we're so scripted sometimes. Yeah. And it's, yeah it limits everyone. It's, it's, it's such a shame. <laughs> Even though I do love texting, like when it became like this big thing, I'm like, finally, like the way that I want to communicate because I'm an introvert and I don't like being on the phone for hours. Um, yep. <laughs> are you the same? Absolutely. Except yeah. I will say I've found so many silver linings during this pandemic. And one of them has been, I've been finding myself picking up the phone and not only answering the phone, but actually calling people sometimes. Same. Yeah. Um, and so I have, like, especially if we're going back and forth texting, I'm like, I'm like, all right, like, let's, let me just pick up the phone. This is going to be easier. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before I was like, no, 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 just text me or email text me. me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. Before like phone calls felt very aggressive. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked me, but you're calling me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I do find that I am connecting more with my with my family, especially mm -hmm. because I um, I would go home a lot more. I, I usually go home every Mother's Day. Like this is the first Mother's Day as long as I can remember that I haven't been home. Um, oh. It's just very weird, very such an odd time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just rediscovered. I'm like, oh yeah, I have a phone that works for calls. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, so I was, I, I haven't listened to all of the episodes yet, but, um, I was listening to one before, which I want to circle back to. And it's funny, there was actually a connection between these two. Uh, oh, but uh -oh. just now I was listening <laughs> to a summer re-release oh, of cool. the Obama tan soup. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's oh, a good episode. I live for that episode. It's so, so, so funny. Like, I couldn't believe you did that to me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I I really thought Stephanie was gonna think it was stupid that I was even no, talking about that because love, it was it's such a stupid story like uh, that that was a scandal that that was newsworthy yeah I thought Stephanie was just gonna be like this is ridiculous why no, are we talking about this I loved it I but loved there's it. yeah there's so much behind it and again it all goes back to like white supremacy and like how how our government works like with with certain people in power. Yeah. And and all these all the like coded messaging and stuff. Mm -hmm. All the gatekeeping. Like he steps yeah. he steps out of line by wearing a, a really great suit. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. 
on what in what countries is a scandal? The U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it spoke to the hypocrisy. Like, yeah. it just speaks to the hypocrisy oh. of particularly Republicans. Um, yeah. Particularly, yeah, white racist Republicans. Like, yes. probably what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's. I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, oh, no. I just I love that you said that because I think. 2020, as awful as this year has been, like people are, are becoming more comfortable calling things by their proper name. Like they are racist Republicans. Like yeah. the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, no. But I saw a meme today um, and I'm completely blanking on the names, but it's, it's because of the distance I put sometimes to like protect my mental health. Yeah. But the latest black man that was just shot in the back and paralyzed, it's basically a meme of him walking away with like all these bullet holes in the back. Um, mm -hmm. And the shooter, the guy who shot like three people, the young guy with the assault rifle, yeah. um, and basically, and police in the middle, and basically how, yeah, like one guy's unarmed, another guy literally just shot three people, and yeah like yeah. that that's like the hypocrisy and um, uh, yeah which one the police are going after right versus yeah so you you said that you work you, you kind of keep a like some space between you and politics to protect your sanity um to mm -hmm. protect your mental health i do the same thing so i since i, I we went on vacation when we went upstate to the adirondacks like three weeks ago now yeah so, yeah Ever since then, because I just felt so much better, like taking a full break away from the news cycle, that I, yeah. I haven't gone back to it. And I, I did see little things on Instagram about this, but I, I had no clue the details until you described them right now. Like I told all my friends that like I'm in bunker mode, like I just need some space to just like heal my mental health. It's just it's been a really long, long ass year. I'm sorry. Can we curse? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm like, I hope that's not bleeped because that's embarrassing. Um, but no. yeah, it's been a very, it's been a very long year and I just, I have to take breaks if I want to have longevity in um, being able to talk about these things. So yeah, it's just, it's just so hard. <laughs> but yeah, the hypocrisy is right there. If you have eyes, you see it. Yeah. Yeah. I started um, to talk to Stephanie about this yesterday, about the, this shooter in yeah. Kenosha and she, he was like, I, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, you know what? Never mind. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll find out eventually when it's time." I, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so it's so upsetting. It all is, and I I'm a very I'm a highly sensitive person, so I but I, but I care about the news, so I, I will tune in. But I, I I definitely get to a breaking point where I just have to take a break. And yeah. Well, and I, it's interesting. I think like. Um, cause most of my friends are like, most of my social media friends are pretty progressive and the algorithm I think now doesn't even show me as much. I do have friends and family who are Republican too. Oh, um, how's yeah. that? Uh, <laughs> like, so on my mom's <laughs> side of the family, basically like, it's one of those things. I don't know if we'll ever, ever have that full conversation because some yeah. people are going, you know, and like, Oh, I got to confront my, and I'm like, I'm too, I'm not 
yeah interested in trying to like convert people who aren't trying to hear it like i'm just sort of like you're meeting people i just don't have the that's just not how i want to do it like it's like that's that's why podcasts that's why i'd rather engage in like long-form conversations where i can like articulate it and it's there um i'm not trying to yeah like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to do that work anymore of trying to it's change somebody's mind it's so much work it's so much uh like mental energy yeah touch your family that's i most of my my family is is uh you know upstate new york is like the south of (laughs) of the northeast you know it's (laughs) when you said you went on vacation up north that's my mind was like oh no what's yeah yeah Yeah. we went when we went up to uh we went up to the adirondacks to the mountains like far as far away as possible like in the middle of nowhere with no one around so that we didn't really we did see a few trump signs but i i think we saw just as many Biden signs as we saw Trump signs yeah, up there. Yeah, we saw some BLM signs yeah. as well. Nice. Uh, um, the area, it's kind of the area where I went to college is for as far north as it is and ha- as remote as it is, it's actually pretty uh, forward thinking. Uh-huh. But where I grew up in the Finger Lakes, it's like, it's corn and cow country. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's definitely Trump country. And most of my family, um, I don't even try anymore. I, I've completely given up and, and I don't, it's not my responsibility to try to show them how the world is. If they don't want to see it, you know, they can, they can see the things that I'm posting on social media. And if they want to have a conversation with me, I'm open to it, but I'm not going to seek it out. I've tried to have conversations with people on, on social media in the past. And I, I just get frustrated and it, it sits with me yeah and it's so it's it's just exhausting and it doesn't go anywhere and it's so rare to be able to actually change somebody's mind i think Um, you have to do it in person if at all yeah you know yeah yeah like doing it via facebook messages like come on that's not that's not the medium for that no i know Um, well and that's the thing like today somebody that meme that i saw i was like who who shared this and it was like another black person and i was like okay because i was mad i was kind of it made me mad just seeing it, even though it's the truth. It's like, yeah. it hurts. <laughs> like yeah. the truth exactly. yeah. really does hurt. But it's yeah. like, just seeing that, it's like, you can't escape the violence of this country. Yeah, you um, can't. we're all traumatized every day by um, just existing, let alone the news cycle. It's, it's, um, really really crazy and really hard but it's just proof of how resilient we are as a community that we're we're still here and we're still thriving and it's we're still upset by it like we haven't lost our humanity in that way but yeah it does suck (laughs) to be confronted with this when you weren't expecting it just like you know scrolling through your feed yeah you might know um so one of the challenges i think with trying to change people's minds there was like just remind just tell me if this sounds familiar but like basically it was a journalist back in the 60s somewhere around like the nixon era i think Mm -hmm. and basically he shamed this politician by saying um 
have you no shame, sir. Oh, and like, yeah. that was like kind of like a big deal. And basically now the problem is. The answer is no. Don't have any sh- yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That, I no don't, shame, I, no I empathy, nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. The no empathy is really big, but yeah, it's, who knew that was possible, but it's yeah. definitely, um, the norm in a certain party, <laughs> just yeah. not to the inability to experience shame, <laughs> which I thought was a human emotion that we all possess, but I, yeah, <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't, I don't remember that text. Do you remember that? Like where that came from? Like, have you no shame? It was definitely seventies. Yeah. I don't, like, I Nixon don't era. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember it. Well, you yeah, know, I have people, it. people can Google it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nixon is a really big scandal that I, I don't even know where to begin to start researching because it went on so long. And yeah. it, have you heard of the Lucas Brothers? No. no. Um, they're a comedy duo. They actually, I don't know if they still live in Bushwick. They used to live in Bushwick. They're twins. Um, oh, they're cool. identical twins. <gasps> Uh, and they did a comedy special, and it starts off where they're just like, fuck Richard Nixon. Yep, fuck, fuck Nick, Richard Nixon. Like, they, like, finish each other's sentences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was pretty – it was basically they talk about how he started the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how their family was impacted by that, um, and how he was the law – he was the law and order president. So yeah. everything that Trump is doing right now with, like, yeah. law and order – it's straight up. It's a playbook. Man, Trump is straight up following the Nixon Hitler playbook. Yeah. I said it. Yikes. I said it. Damn. I mean, that it's hit no. Me like a ton of bricks because yeah. it's the truth. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's no coincidence that Roger Stone is so close to Trump and yeah. he's also such a huge fan of Nixon and was so instrumental in helping Nixon get elected and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has the playbook and he's going through it one one item at a time. Like this is what you do. Yeah. And it it's it's sad, but it it works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's hitting that lowest common denominator. It's hitting that thread that's like just beneath the surface. That it's yeah. all it takes to like stimulate their like fear response. And then once you're afraid, you're not thinking rationally like that's yeah. that's how you control people you make them afraid even if it's like a shadow that you're painting on the wall if they're afraid you got them um yeah i mean that's yeah. the whole thing with like antifa being like yes. a man and blm and like the 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 rioting and looting being getting more media attention than actual protesting and and the message that the real protesters are trying to put out versus what you know certain media people in the media yeah are yeah. are trying to make it look like it is every yeah, well, every negative comment you see on on these posts is like well they're just trying to burn down all their cities and it's you know like why would we want to do that this is about <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also like property is replaceable lives are not that's yeah. the bottom line but they don't, yeah. again, they have no empathy, so. Well, yeah, they're, they're watching propaganda. 
And it's yes, feeding absolutely. them a narrative that is so de devoid from reality that they can't, like it's almost like their mind can't handle when confronted with the truth. They just go to this script that they hear over and over again. Because yes. It's yeah. simple, it's black and white. Like the world is not black and white. Like it never has, never will be. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess it's comforting for a certain type of personality for things to be really like finite and really uh, like cut and dry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm lucky that I don't have any Republicans in my family. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is uh, very, I mean, I do have a few cousins that are kind of, um, I guess, apathetic. Like, actually, I have more than a few cousins who are very like, oh, I, it doesn't matter. I will I will also be clear, it's my mom's part of the family and my mom's white. Oh, so, okay. So I will say, um, it's no, there's no black Republicans in my family. Okay. Because okay. I... That's the thing, though. That's the, ooh, the whole oh, respectability I know. politics shit. Ooh. That, I, like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I even I understand so it's like I I moved to New York twelve years ago. Um and Same. I moved from Virginia. Like oh. I was in school down in Virginia and I had a friend who um moved up here at the same time. His family like owns a club in Virginia. Um so he was a little bit more uh how do they usually say it? They're like uh, liberally, uh, no, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Oh, yeah. But he yeah. was more Republican, white dude, and like but it was like about economics and taxes with him. Oh yeah. my god, yes. Now him in twelve years in New York, I don't know where he stood on Obama, like because I know like when it was Obama versus O'Kane, I'm pretty sure he voted for McCain, and it was sort of like we we'd have these conversations and then we'd get to a point and he'd yeah. kind of just tell me like his economic views. Fine. Fine. To a degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, I mean, we can get into the whole yeah. problem, but I will say after 12 years in New York, I know both last election and this election, like he's voting for Bernie. Mm -hmm. um, okay. One of the things was. Wow. Like, that's it, a switch. Oh yeah. Yeah. And oh, one of the okay. things I think was that the club that his family <clears throat> had, um, it wasn't exactly a gay club, but it was like one of those clubs that's like very gay friendly. Sure. Um, and okay. so with all of the like hate mongering that like the, the direction that the Republican party started to go in, which yeah. economically, you know, that's like a whole, like it's yeah. always, been that from an economic standpoint but very openly like a becoming a very hateful party mm -hmm. to people that don't fit um yeah. but also economically now i think it's him living in the city i don't know but it gives me hope for like when people actually experience diversity when you're yes. actually around people mm -hmm. um your views change also, there's studies that like workforces that are more diverse are more happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. More productive but, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like the people that hate um, immigrants the most <laughs> don't live anywhere near immigrants. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. They're oh, never yeah. going to see anyone. They're never going to see an immigrant. Like, yeah. if yeah. they do, it, you know, 
it's they're whatever. I'm not gonna yeah, no, get into who the they states, are. But yeah, the states that are so concerned about um, like Sharia law, it's like Iowa. It's like yeah. you guys have 2.6 like Muslim people. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. They're 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 afraid of the unknown. Is really what it is. Um, yeah. Exactly. And you just fill in the blank of whatever that unknown is. But yeah, when you're around people, um, I I love the beyond beyond reproach the on being <laughs> podcast. Do you, are you familiar with on being podcast? With, it's, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's um, Krista Tippett. She's I think she records somewhere in Minnesota, but she does these really long free form conversations with it's spirit spirituality is like the the basis of what she talks about. But she talks to um, like writers to scientists, people from all fields, musicians, and just talks to them about like, just basically being human, like on being. And I forget who said, but some, someone on that, that podcast said, it's really hard to hate people up close. Absolutely. It's really hard to what? Oh, hate, hate people, people up, up close. close. Yeah. Uh -huh. Cause you get close to them and you're like, oh, you're just like me. Like yeah. you're a person like me. The end, like that's, it's, it's sad that it's that simple, but it's also beautiful that it's that simple. We just need more mixing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you when you live in a city, it's a lot harder to to only live in a neighborhood where everyone just looks like you. And if you yeah. if you have neighbors who are different from you, you're like, oh yeah, this person is just trying to pay their rent and go to work and buy groceries and pay the you know raise their kids, whatever. Yeah and not destroy America with their, <laughs> with yeah. their crazy religious beliefs. Like, yeah, calm down. It's fine. Yeah, I, Everyone's just trying to live their lives. Yeah. I, um, this reminds me of like the before times when I used to travel a lot, I was obsessed with Italy. Like I, I started, um, going there like maybe seven years ago at this point, I, um, I had a breakup in a, I was dating this guy for three years and our birthdays were two days apart. So we would always travel for our birthdays. And then we broke up and I'm like, oh, do I travel by myself or do I, you know, I just wait. So I, I started traveling to Italy and I was really afraid at first because I clearly don't look Italian. <laughs> I look like an outsider and I, I would get some pretty hard looks because I was going to really remote places in the South like Sicily. And I get these really mean looks, but then I noticed that if I smiled at all, like they would smile, like mm -hmm. it's quickly, it turns, which is like this one interaction. It's like, I didn't speak Italian at that time, but it's like, I would see these people looking at me and I'd smile at them. It's, it's just, again, it's hard to hate people up close. It really is. Yeah. It's really, it's very difficult. <laughs> so um, it gives me a lot of hope. There's always hope to be had. Um, yeah. I, I try to take a longer view of history, and that always gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Trump is just one man. He will not destroy this place. If anything, he's just revealing what really is. Which yeah. Is... Yeah, hopefully, if, you know, if everything works out, the fact that he had his time in office and did so much to reveal all the things that are wrong in this country, hopefully it'll make it easier for, to, for us to repair things faster than we would have otherwise without him. Um, yeah, I think so. It also like the pandemic, like <sighs> yeah. conversations 
like, so for example, <laughs> um, Bernie, uh, healthcare, um, yeah. and then other, con other conversations like universal basic income. Yeah. Uh, just our whole, like, this Yang exposed Yang. every, yeah. This exposed so much. Oh yeah. Um, it's like a sheet was just like, like pulled off the whole nation. Yeah. Yeah. And to the world. I like yeah. to say that um, this pandemic snatched our edges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like we're we're just bare, and I, it, it it does it hurts, but I think ultimately, like underneath it all, it is, it is good to see things as they are, even if yeah. it's really ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a delusion has helped. Has not helped us. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, being able to be quietly um, white supremacist behind the scenes and and not really talk about it and not have it uh, have people pay attention to it, it makes it a lot easier to maintain and and act like it isn't happening. Yeah. If you if not everyone is like, oh my, it's right there. I see it. It's it's happening right in front of us. So, uh, I I hope that at least um, a lot of uh, sort of like moderates and undecided voters are, are watching the news and, and. Yeah. I think it's, it's not even really like I, undecided voters make me so angry. Like I don't even really want to talk about them. It's like, how, how are you undecided? I don't, I throw you away. But the people who didn't vote in 2016, if we can get them, that's all we need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was almost 30% of people didn't vote. So that's enough. That was one of, so that was one of the things that I was furious with about that conversation on the 4th of July is because. So and, you're and, saying this, this 4th of July? Yes. Oh no. Oh no. Um, so the reason it was infuriating is because. So in 2016, being that I was very like, very much like behind like the Bernie Sanders campaign after that was over like there was like there's a lot of infighting and there's like were you a Bernie bro you were not a Bernie bro obviously you, I'm you a Bernie Bernie or supporter. Bernie or bust no. oh, okay. um, yeah. my my thing though is you need basically what is the message so for Biden like this was not, Biden was not my fourth choice, probably. No, <laughs> uh, no, li I mean, bottom of the Harris list. Harris was not my yeah. probably fourth choice for vice Same. president either. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I think on the other hand, I've been pretty quiet. I haven't really said anything about that because um, like she's a, like I do celebrate that she's a black woman and she might be the first black um, woman vice president. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that would be black and also Indian. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of that's amazing. Um, and it's like, yeah, I just want to be careful about tearing. I don't, I don't want to tear down. Yeah. However, yeah. the thing I'm worried about, like I, I'm not as worried about it now. I think they're figuring it out, but the message has to be more than not Trump. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have definitely. to find a way to make it really positive and, and yeah. get people excited yes. in a way that they were in like 2008. Yes. Um, that's and, that's, and that's like something I'm frustrated about with the DNC in general is they're so behind the times yeah and in 2008 it seemed like um you had bernie saying the system's not working right you had trump who was saying that but trump was doing the penguin he was playing people against each other because he's very much profiting off of the system oh absolutely (laughs) Um, he's a he's he's a con yeah but then you had like the DNC party line, like, no, 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 it's working. Trust us. And that's like not the message either. No, no and I mean? that was yeah. uh, like in 2016, uh, that basically felt like the message was vote for Hillary. She's not Trump and she'll just yeah. keep everything going the way it is because everything's fine and right. we yeah. just want to keep doing it the way it's been done. So. Yeah. Vote for her and everything will stay exactly the same. Yeah. And that's what I, I meant 2016, not 2008. Yeah. 2008 yeah. was change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, there change. was no yeah. positive message in 2016. Right. It was sort of just yeah, like, no. yeah, I'm not so, bad like and, this guy. And on that, and in, in 2016, on messaging, when it came to the general, Trump won the messaging thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he made people feel a way emotionally about this country, like feeling this, like, I mean, it's nationalism and yeah. wanting to go back to a time where I guess white men were on top. It's like that time has never not existed. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. So we heard that you're, you want to go back, but yeah, it's just, they're afraid of inevitable change. Yeah. Like you, you can't stop change. You just yeah. can't. Like it is a it is a losing battle every time. Like everything in history has taught us this, but you know, yeah. Like also history has taught us that change is always fought. Yeah. 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 I I hope that Biden. Well, well, <laughs> I guess we're gonna have to wait and see what how his messaging really goes. But my fear is that he's gonna be like, let's go back to 2016 right. when everything oh, was great. No. You know, (laughs) and that's yeah, that's like, uh, it's flawed. It's so flawed. (laughs) I don't know if you've listened to um, what episode did we do? The I did Wallace and you did something else. Like I forget what Uh, it was this season. Yeah, Um, it was the past uh, season two. Do you know anything about Henry Wallace? He was FDR's. Do you know how he was railroaded by the DNC in 1944? No. Oh, yeah, he was kicked off the ticket because he was too radical, because he was pro-women's um, rights, he was pro-civil um, rights, pro-gay, like, really wanted to move us. He was anti-military, too. And yeah. um, the party establishment, they, they kicked him out in favor of Truman, who dropped bombs on Japan. Like, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really, I need to find the episode because I, I think people would really enjoy it especially people who are frustrated with the DNC, rightfully frustrated with the DNC. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, when I learned that, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not just Biden. Yeah. <laughs> right. The no, no, it's definitely DNC not just Biden. To but... keep the status quo is yeah. what right. they are, are there for. 
yeah. Wallace had been had been FDR's VP for years already, and everyone yeah. loved him. He was super popular. People <laughs> so popular. like totally loved him. Yeah, because at then, the time he was very anti-fascist, and we were you know we were fighting the Nazis, so yeah. it, it made sense that he would yeah. have this really popular um, uh, VP who was a plant geneticist. He was yeah. actually talking about climate change in the forties. <laughs> yeah. right? That's, right that's another thing like super frustrating about like that that's just another thing like for me it's like that we're having this debate when this was like something that i grew up like when i was a kid yeah learning was scientific consensus this is something that needs to be addressed yeah by the time i'm an adult and now it's like i'm you know not a young adult anymore like i'm it's like this is still a debate yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah it's really yeah i mean it's a debate that the earth is round right <laughs> yeah exactly so here we are yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know like it's uh i mean we we laugh to keep from crying because it's just it's, <laughs> history is, is a circle it really yeah. is a circle yeah like like the earth <laughs> history is a circle yeah <laughs> Um, I, I need to find, I'm looking yeah. now did, for that did episode. Sad, did you hear the most recent oh, news, um, about Chadwick Boseman? Yes! Oh! Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, that was the first thing I worked, I woke up this morning with, and I was, I'm still just so distraught. Um, he was in his prime, and like, he, he played so many really important roles, uh, historical roles, and was such an icon. And yeah, yeah. it's so unfair. It's so unfair um, that someone like that, who was doing really positive things in the world, like being creative, like inspiring people, um, is gone. Just like yeah. this, you know, forty-three. Yeah, it, it's it's beyond tragic. Yeah. yeah. I saw like pictures. I saw the weight loss, like someone. I back. saw that too. Yeah, I thought it was a role. I thought he was getting like. I thought he was doing like the Christian Bale. Yeah, my one of my friends just said that today. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the hope. But yeah. So when you saw it, you thought he was sick. Yeah, I was oh. worried. Yeah. Um, just because also knowing, like I think Christian Bale did. Like it was like the machinist where he lost that crazy yes. amount of weight. Yeah. That was before Batman. Mm. And so right now Chadwick is in between like Panther movies. Yeah. So uh, like yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? But like Okay. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. So uh. and I also heard a rumor some months back that like he was being replaced like wasn't going to be inside a field. Like there were just things I was kind of following it like a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so who knows? You know what I mean? There's like gossip in Hollywood. You, you don't know what's yeah. true. Hope it's not, but yeah, like he played so many heroes, like. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Jackie Robinson, um, Thurgood Marshall. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, it's it's beyond. Like it's like I think I'm still kind of in shock. Um, how is like the the black actor community? Like how are you guys? 
I'm, I'm assuming you guys have like WhatsApp groups. Like it's <laughs> crazy. Like somebody who I just had on the podcast who like, I know from Seattle and then was here when I was in New York. Um, and he knew he, like he'd run into Chadwick here in Bedside. Oh. And then oh. he was in LA. He'd, he'd, so we just talked about this like last week. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Wow. But yeah, it definitely hits. Also, because like, I think to me, when I saw Black Panther and like what they did with that movie, Ryan Coogler is from Oakland. Um, and the movie starts in Oakland. Yeah. And, and ends in Oakland. And so here's a little history thing. Ooh, yay. <laughs> Oakland is where the Black Panther Black Panthers, hell yeah. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> so I thought that was definitely intentional. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And now another movie um, that Daniel Kaluuya is starring in, directed by Who's Ryan Coogler. Uh, he was in Black Panther. He was in Get Out. Oh, he, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And he's going to be playing Fred Hampton in the Fred Hampton what? movie. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, so. He's uh, Nigerian, so it's like, it's like I see. My dad is, uh, my dad is British. He was born and raised in London, but he's Nigerian. His parents mm-hmm. are Nigerian. All his friends are still Nigerian. <laughs> he's very much. There are times when I, when I first moved to the city, I would think that I saw my dad on the street. And I get, it would be like a split second. And I'm like, yeah. oh no, it's just another Nigerian man. He's <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. very strong features. Um, yeah, that's, he's an amazing actor. A really amazing actor. I, so much promise and kind of new on the scene. How old is he? Do you, uh, Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah. Uh, I think he's like 20s. Maybe, no, oh, maybe not. No, he's probably like in his early 30s, I would guess. Oh, okay. okay. Um, did you see, did you watch Black Mirror? Yes. Yeah, he's second episode. Second episode, yeah. Oh yeah. But he was probably like 20-ish in that episode. Oh, I love Black Mirror. Black Mirror Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite things to watch. That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, it's so good. So good. I mean, so just the whole series, but yeah, that episode specifically is very um um like the commentary is very strong (laughs) on just culture and the way that we're living and yeah, it's, it's, I don't watch it now because I think this administration has made it hit a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't watch, I, I watched the first season of The Handmaid's Tale and mm-hmm. then I could not do the second season. Same. I was like, this, the Same. first season was enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, was yeah. already hitting too hard. Yeah, and same. The season was just like, we're, this, we're in this now. This is yeah. not. Yeah, this is not theoretical. This is not sci-fi. This is reality. Yeah. yeah. The only thing, like, and I made the comparison earlier, and it's like, I'm careful about making certain statements sometimes because they're, uh, I want to be clear with it. Like, so it's like, where we are, we are not Germany in, in World War II. No, yeah. Like, that's not where we are, but we are very, very similar to Germany leading up to World War II and the atrocities that happened. So it's like, it's not just like when we look at like history, it's not, it's important like to look at it because it's not 
just like the final results. It's like the things that led up to it. Because mm-hmm. then everybody's like, that couldn't happen here. That couldn't happen. And it's like, they said the same thing. Every no, absolutely. Time. Yeah. It, Hitler didn't just show up with concentration camps yeah. full of, of and, you know, people that were being tortured and murdered and starved to death. That's yeah. not how it started. And you have to look back at history and be like, there was a buildup to this. Mm-hmm. And, and I, a lot of people don't uh, yeah. either don't understand the nuance or don't want to see it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think just everyone is very um, cognizant of bringing in the comparison of Hitler, as it should yeah. be. Like, it's yeah. not something to be thrown around lightly. But no. it, it is really, really disturbing what's happening now. And Well, it's disturbing also because from Jump and the reason people didn't think he would get elected is like, there are rumors that like Mein Kampf was like in his like <gasps> like bedside table. Yeah. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. before and it's sort of Yeah, mm. like it's just it is disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is why we don't talk about Trump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, so so many parallels to what's going on today but yeah it's it is really really beyond troubling the way that people are trying to be like no 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 this is not it's not fascism it's like no this this is fascism right it's not hitler level but it is fascism. it's textbook textbook so fascism. another thing it's like um antifa it's like uh, so shouldn't you shouldn't Everybody, if you're against fascism, be anti-fascist. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, think. that's what it... One would think. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forget what he was talking about, but I recently saw something that in a, in a speech that Trump made, I can't remember who he was talking about, but he compared some group of probably, probably BLM pro- protesters probably. or something... Um, but I'm not positive on that. Um, he said that they were both in the same speech. He said <laughs> that, uh, they were fascists or no, he was talking about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Oh, and both fascists and Antifa in the same speech. That is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not hilarious. It is. It's so ridiculous. Um, he forgets that words have meaning. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think yeah. they're trying to compare, they're trying to like disassociate what Antifa actually means and right. make people believe that it means fascists. It's so crazy because it's also straight up Orwellian. Like it's straight yeah. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Where words you, don't mean what they mean. and Yeah. Up is down. War is peace. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that um, back when this was, I mean, I knew Trump was going to be bad, but I didn't know he was going to be this bad in all honesty. I didn't, I thought he was full of shit and he would just get into office and be really lazy and not be like extra um, authoritative. Like I did not see that coming at all. Um, but there around the election and a little bit after people were wearing the red, the MAGA hats that said make Orwell fiction again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and I thought that was funny until it started to happen. I'm like, oh, 
god. Yeah. Just- I, and I see, like, I had a friend who did that recently. I think he had, like, a Black Lives Matter one or something. Maybe said made you look like something. But I'm like, yeah. I don't even want to wear a red hat. No, same. No, it's it's not same. it's not funny. No. It, it's I not like cute. I get that it's like kind of clever, but like no, if somebody not. was running around wearing like a swastika that was like, haha, just kidding. Like yeah, it's know, not okay. Same. No. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's so true. Um and yeah. it, it was interesting because in the um so in the tan suit episode, the other one that I had listened <laughs> to was about Reagan and uh Lincoln. <gasps> And oh, yes. mentioning how Reagan wore tan suits all yes. the time. All the time. Yeah. Like, and the other crazy thing now is, like, if you go back and listen to Reagan, like, some of his speeches, he sounds more liberal than the DNC sometimes. No, absolutely. Yeah, we've we've shifted so far. The right. Yeah. Like, crazy. That's wild. Uh, it's we. I mean, like Bernie would be moderate compared to right. the way things used to be. Yeah. Um, and Bernie is moderate from a global perspective. Like, no, totally, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, it's crazy too. I we didn't really talk about this much in the Reagan episode because there were so many points. Yeah. That oh my God, we had to kind of get through. Crushed me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's actually like a whole sort of. Um, because Reagan was so popular and he was so good at like winning and getting support that the Democrats really got used to losing. And um, there's a lot, there's like the repercussions of that and the politicians who were young at the time that Reagan was in power and got to see democratic politician losing, 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 losing are Joe Biden and Chuck Pelosi. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and yeah. all these people that are now these like super middle of the road or not even they're they're yeah, they're to the right but yeah. trying to say that they're moderates and like don't want to push anything too far because they're used to being like oh if I if I come with too strong of a a, a viewpoint we're gonna lose so yeah. there there's like this whole um, culture of fear of having a, a point of view in the yeah. DNC because of Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, Reagan was really bad and he's he, he caused so many problems that we have today. It's, it's crazy, like, yeah. For for people who haven't listened to our show or well haven't yet, you're <laughs> you're gonna go listen to Beyond Reproach. Um Reagan was so destructive. He mm-hmm. he really destroyed this country in ways that like you can't even really wrap your head around until you hear everything laid out like destroyed the middle class destroyed unions yeah uh, it, well that's the same thing destroying unions yeah, absolutely destroying yeah. the middle class it's cause and effect there yeah um yeah he, he did so much and like the middle east things i know but he was he was an actor you know yeah. <laughs> he he was a he provided a really a pleasant face and he, he was saying all the words and he had the right people behind him um yeah um my just so you know my husband's about to come home in a, a few minutes so my dogs are going to start barking <laughs> so okay we might have to edit some some time out but uh just wanted to warn you <laughs> yeah 
Okay, maybe I'll go pee. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a minute. I don't know, but oh, okay. When Russell gets here, we can. Definitely... Okay, when he when the dogs start yapping. When is he knows, the... he knows we're doing this though, so he'll go away. <laughs> when is the uh, next season coming out? Soon, uh, we start the Memorial the Day. first episode starts on Memorial Day, yeah, or launches or on Labor Day. Day. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh my God, Labor Day! Labor Day. Yes. Wow, yeah, that was the first casualty in lockdown. The sense of time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We, <laughs> it's still in March, Labor right? <laughs> What's that one going to be about? Uh, yeah, it's um, well, Stephanie, do you want to say what you talked about first? Um. Oh God, what did I talk about? Oh yeah, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a history. Wow. Behind... Here he comes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, hold on one second. Okay. Sure. So I'm obsessed with um, uh, dork web. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Obsessed. Like I am like plotting, engineering our, our friendship, like low key. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and you're you're podcast like I had no clue that she existed like right right under my nose basically and push like like doing really amazing things on it and on TikTok TikTok still really scares me a little oh me <laughs> I, too I put some things on there but I don't know I know she was encouraging you to she's like don't yeah. be afraid it's for millennials like us too yeah but I'm like uh oh I think I saw the thing that you put up there yeah I just um, put music like it, yeah some of the songs i've been making during this time no, oh cool just be just be quiet is yeah. it a lot of work like the editing like the splicing that happens for i haven't done as much like i haven't done it the way you're supposed to i just put lyrics to some music up yeah. there which that is kind of work but i think it's worth it to make things okay. accessible to people yeah i just I don't know if it's in my wheelhouse to be able to do that. <laughs> I yeah. Don't, I don't have like it. We were talking about TikTok, Tucks. Excuse me. Ooh. Um, TikTok is totally foreign to me. I, I leave that to my like nine-year-old niece. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Pretty soon it'll be something else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of how I feel. It, it's very similar to... Um, uh, Vine, right? Yeah. 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 That was a moment. Yeah. And then Instagram and Facebook started doing stories and killed Vine. Yeah. yeah. And now they're doing reels to kill TikTok. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, Facebook. Are Although, you on Facebook? Me or who? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Alec. I'm very much on Facebook. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like a positive experience for you? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been on there for so long that like, it's the one yeah. that I know how to use without thinking about it. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy yeah. Instagram because it's doesn't have the, as much of the same negative, like it does, it's not as addictive to me. Yeah. Uh, I just put pictures up. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Facebook is kind of like talking. It's like yeah. second yeah. nature. Okay. Um, yeah, I had to step away from Facebook. It's just it just got too too much. 
Yeah, the yeah. way that I was using it was really um, damaging to my um, my soul. <laughs> yeah, I think it's designed to do that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. I I I don't miss it at all. Oof. I don't miss it at all. Um, and so just Instagram for you? Yeah, Instagram and also Twitter. I really love Black Twitter. I think it's really fun. All all of the memery and all of the the, the giggles. But it's but now I'm taking a break from it because I'm still in my um, media free bubble, trying to maintain it as much as possible because I know that this election season is it's already so long. It just started. Yeah. Ugh. Like it's been going on for four years, it feels like, because it has been. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing Ooh. he's concerned about. <laughs> yeah, Trump has been campaigning for four years, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah that's, he never stopped having rallies. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, um, the convention, his speech was at the White House. <gasps> Which is so fucked up. It's yeah. Oh my God! No. Yeah. His speech was. Of course at it was. The White House? Yeah. If if Obama had done something like that, oh my they God. would have they would have oh. strung him up like. Oh man. Oh. It's insane. Oh. Oh. oh my God. Okay. Oof. That was a lot. Okay. Just when you think he can't do anything more, like. King-like. Um, oh, sure he can. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't, well, I don't think that ever anymore. Just yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, me too, but also I, I still, like, I don't know why I do this. I still have hope that, like, the, he's reached the bottom, even though my experience has told me this is not true. I, I am still shocked. I don't, because I, I want to give people the, the benefit of the doubt, and I think everyone is doing their best, but... <sighs> wow. He I don't is, think I don't think Trump is doing his best. Oh, he's not. <laughs> he's, he's not. Yeah, but wow. Of course, he had it at the White House. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was telling uh, my wife earlier because she was like, "Oh, here's a here's maybe an episode. I mean, it's a current event. It's the most ridiculous." It's well. I can't even say that. You can't even say that. No, you can't, can't even it's say that. Most ridiculous. Yes. The whole thing. Um, <laughs> but something we were listening to, like one of the NPR, like she found something good recently, which is like those like many news podcasts, which just kind of give you. It's like NPR. They just kind of give you the news. So if you're like want to stay a little bit informed, but don't want to mm. get all the way because that's the dance. Yeah, into the weeds of it yeah but something came up where she was asking me what space force was oh <laughs> and i was trying to explain i was like well it's it's stupid because we have nasa yeah uh, and so it's just something that trump and she's just sort of like so you can't really and i'm like no i'm explaining it and then it's like if you google what it is it's just basically like yeah like this is something that Trump wanted that like yeah. doesn't make it like basically the description doesn't explain it either. Like their yeah. own description. And then yeah. like the logo looks like Starfleet. Yeah. It's I did see that. Yeah, it's 
it's it's so absurd. It's like you can't make this shit up because it's so absurd. I think Tux, you brought up Space Force, and I was doing another media blackout. Yeah, remember, like during mm-hmm. the podcast, you brought it up, and I'm just like, I didn't know what that meant at all. And then after we stopped recording, I looked it up, and I was just like. It's okay. it really it's the <laughs> okay. stupidest thing ever. It doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. basically NASA, but like also sort of military. Yeah. But also doesn't make any sense and is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. But very expensive. Yes. Really fun. Um, so, what is your wife, who's from um, Amsterdam, like? What does she think about like just politics and this country? Like, how long has she been here? <laughs> Uh, she's been here nine years now. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And basically, that's like the thing. Like, you've traveled. The, the thing, so speaking of Facebook, it's really weird seeing the, like, the few people from, like, I went to school in Seattle. It's a pretty progressive oh, hub. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's this one dude who I don't know when, and maybe he's always been like conservative and stuff, but he's going on and he posted something the other day about how like, oh, if you don't like, we're the best country by every metric. And I'm like, by what metric are you talking about? Like education, we're not the best. Our healthcare system, not the best. Oh. It's like, no, but those other countries are smaller. It's like, oh, how does that the, like, you know what I mean? Like we're, it's not even close. Like by most metrics, we're not yeah. in the top 10. No. Not even close. Yeah. Like, and somebody said, like, I can't remember the exact, I gotta Google this exact quote, but like basically that the U S is basically like the world, like that, those edges being snatched. It's yes. basically revealed that the U S is a third world country. Yeah. With like a first world PR campaign, basically. Yeah. First yeah. world military and yeah. PR. That's like the only thing that we are number one at is militarism and incarcerating people. Yeah. And from there, we just drop off the scale. Like we're we're like maybe top twenty five in some things, but yeah, it's it's really really wild the disconnects. I've heard that argument before that we're a much bigger place, therefore we're the best still. I'm like, no, that's that's not how it works. Right. Yeah. No. Um, why aren't you living in Amsterdam is my question. I, I was gonna ask that too, yeah. <laughs> well, she has her store um, oh. and one of my new favorite things actually about this country <laughs> here's like something and it's something that i realized last time i was in amsterdam and i love amsterdam um, that's a great place yeah. and i think they have the balance of and they have fucking they started slavery too so let's yeah, not no and they're um, they're so into like finances too like they're yeah. about that money yeah they're about that money but so so that's the thing like when you're there we got married over there and we did our honeymoon in Paris. Oh, cool. And as soon as we got off the train in Paris and we're like going to our place, 
it's like I noticed all of a sudden there were like um, tents of like homeless people mm-hmm. and kind of bummed me out. Not because I don't want to see homeless, like not because I'm like, ew, homeless people. Yeah. It's that ew, why do we live in places that make so many people homeless and don't take yeah. care of their people? Mm-hmm. So Amsterdam is a place where while, yeah, they're like financially successful, they also, like, if you don't have money, you still have a decent quality of life, like a novel concept. (laughs) And so because of that, like when you're out and about, like everybody is laid back, everybody's happier. (laughs) Like people aren't working just to fucking work. Like people aren't working spending no all of their either. time working just to survive. Mm-hmm. Like people work yeah. and will have a great quality of life, mm-hmm. no matter your job. Like you, like if you, no matter, like no matter who you are, like they just have a decent yeah. quality of life. Um, one thing though that I noticed, and at the beginning of uh, quarantine, I decided to cut my locks of 12 years. <gasps> mm. um, and, so when I'd be in Amsterdam, I always had a great time. People were always cool with me, especially like there's the long historical thing of black artists in particular. It actually used to be friends. People like yeah, Joseph yeah. Baker, um, mm-hmm. James Baldwin. Yeah. Black people. Hits. Yeah. Um, especially post-slavery, but like very much, I mean, we're still segregated in the U.S., don't Oh, yes. But, like, people being able to go over and be respected um, Mm -hmm. in Europe. There's, like, a long history. So, definitely, I found that when I was there and people found out that I was African-American and from New York, like, it was, like, cool. Like, it was, like, almost like a status Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But there is still racism and Mm -hmm. there's a global, unfortunate, there's like a global return of like racism. Um, Mm -hmm. Anti-Semitism is back through Europe. And like um, Islamophobia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amsterdam, there's like an issue with like a lot of Moroccan people. Mm -hmm. Like there's racism. Yeah, uh, and and there's also Black Pete's. That's like a whole other. Yeah, I was just oh. about to ask your thoughts on Black Pete because <laughs> yeah. he's a problem, and I don't. Oh like yeah, it. And so that's a big debate. <laughs> I've I've gotten into it with some of her family who doesn't, you know, because it's like so all of these things to say like overall though, yeah, like there I like I like it over there, and I think their quality of life and everything. But mm-hmm. the last time I was there, I was thinking about what it would be like to live there. Mm-hmm. And I noticed like going into like bars, especially if it was like predominantly Dutch white people in the bar, when I would go in, I would be immediately othered. And I know, I know, I know yeah. the looks and stuff like that. And so yeah. it wasn't, hate necessarily but it was like the sizing up like oh who are you like are you where are you from 
And depending yeah. on my answer, like I know, yeah. I know once I open my mouth and they get to know me, they're gonna they're gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. But like that sounded there. But you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. No. I, I do look like I could be Moroccan too. With the dreads, yeah. I think it was just like, sort of like I don't know where you're from, but you're not from yeah. here per here. se. Yeah. Um, and so basically, so I just noticed that and I was like, huh. And then thinking about New York, New York is to me represents what I love the most and kind of represents the promise of this country, which I agree. Is you have people from all economic backgrounds, um, all different races, all different sexualities, belief systems, um, people from all over the world still come to this great city and coexist very closely together to the point where what does a New Yorker look like? A New Yorker yeah. like all of us. Yeah, I, anybody. that's, oh God, yeah. Um, and so I love, New, I, I'm very proud, I, I'm very much at home in New York right now. And as an artist and here in Bushwick, um, I really feel like it's a great place to be. Yeah, yeah so. I, I definitely feel similarly. Um, I, similar to your story about being in Amsterdam and being othered, that happened a lot in Italy. People are, because there are black people throughout Europe, throughout Italy, and mostly they are like refugees. And they can tell, like once I tell them where I'm from, they can kind of tell where I'm from by just looking at me, but like being from New York is, it's almost like you're, you're like a celebrity there. Like, yeah. New York City is like the unofficial like second capital of Italy as far as they're concerned. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would ever, it is, it is like a fantasy of mine to like run away to Europe <laughs> to just like, you know, have the pressure taken off. Like I, I was telling friends when I started traveling in Italy that it's, it's like a, a break from racism to be there. Because you're around white people, and it's definitely, it's a white culture, but it's not white people. Like, they're Italian. They, they don't have that institutional racism lens. They, they have a history that is very, very long. And they're, they're just more, it's fucked up to say more human. They're just, they see you as a, for, a foreigner, an outsider, and they're curious. Right. They're not, they're curious. They're just like, oh, yeah. where are you from? Like, they ask the most personal questions. Like, they've asked me, like, what I pay in rent. Like, my parents don't know what I pay in rent. But, like, random dude, like, Mario knows what I pay in rent. Because it's like, when asked a question, I just answer. And I, I just love interacting with, with, with local people. And they're not afraid. Yeah. They're not afraid. Whereas, I'm from a really suburban town in Ohio. And I'm still, I've always been othered. I'd go into a coffee shop and they'd ask me where I'm from. It's like, I could walk home. I'm from here, but like me being black tells you that I'm not part of the community. But being in New York, like I, I felt like home. Like the minute I got here, I felt like, oh, okay, this is, this is my place. Like it feels yeah. really comfortable, even though there's still the NYPD, there's still horrible racism. It's just, you know, it's this country. I, I, I do feel the most comfortable I can feel in this country is in New York City, in Brooklyn specifically. Um, I'm, I'm dating a, a white man and it's, it's the first time I've ever dated someone who is like a white American. I've dated 
people from all over the country, all over the world, I mean, and it's just weird to be in Astoria around all of these, especially because I, I live in Flatbush. So to go to Astoria, it's a change of pace and it, it's still okay, but like Brooklyn is home. Brooklyn feels like my heart is Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, I've been here since 2008 and I, yeah. I don't, where do you go after Brooklyn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think probably for me next might be like Amsterdam's definitely on the list. Yeah. As far as like if if we ever had kids, the benefit like the Oh duh. Yeah. Adopt yeah. me. <laughs> um and then like I like I my brother's out there now. Um and the last time I was there I really liked it, which is LA. Um mm. it might be nice to live in summer, like the perfect weather year round. Yeah, um, food Sex's husband is from LA. Yeah, um, yeah, he's well, was... he's from Long Beach, but close yeah. enough. Yeah, I've never been to California, so everything is LA to me. <laughs> yeah, like last time I was there, I was like, this reminds me of Bushwick in a way, like the, the oh. food scene and stuff. Oh yeah, but warm, but just <laughs> the beach all the time. Oh, I love that. Oof, I was just like, this is it. this wouldn't be bad. <laughs> I feel like every time I go to LA, everybody, when they find out that I live in New York, feels the need to tell me why New York sucks and why oh, LA is better. Cool. Every time. Oh, but LA is better. I could never live in New York. New York is like this. Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I'm like, I'm not saying that about LA. Yeah. Like, I know though, I take pride. In, I take pride in what's hard about New York. Yeah. yeah same. It's so not yeah. easy to live here. No. Yeah. You have to want it. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. Right. And so, yeah, so when people say how hard it is, it's just like, yeah, right. Yeah, I you could it. make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the weather thing does seem very appealing. Yeah. Like, nice weather every day. I think I would be a different person if I could be outside, yeah. preferably without mosquitoes every day. Like... <laughs> But then there's also no rain, and so everything is oh, yeah. <laughs> constantly in threat of being burned down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not I that just, it never rains, but. I like the vibe. I, sh I shouldn't say this because I've never been to LA, but I just, I like the grittiness of the, of the city. Like, I like that there's like this hustle. There's this like creativity that's always just bubbling. Uh, and I like that people are able to mix pretty easily. Like in LA, it seems like everyone is driving and there's no like, there's no subway. There's no like accidentally, you know, running into, you know, a person radically different from you. That's, that's, I think the thing with New York, it's like, if you want to create things, I feel like this is the, I, I just feel like there's no better place. Yeah. Other than it's so expensive, it's so hard, all of those things. But, but LA like, isn't cheap. No, it's not. No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm, but yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I think New York, it's easier to work on multiple projects because you can get anywhere. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? You get to multiple. Mm -hmm. The barrier to entry is lower because everyone, like, everyone has a metro card. So it's like, yeah, you could get to, Astoria or you know Brighton Beach yeah 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 
I, when I've gone to LA with Russell, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, there's a lot to like, but my one, the one big thing that I really can't get past is driving everywhere and spending yeah. so much time in the car. Cause he has so many friends like growing up out there and spending time in LA and spending time all over the place. You know, for him, it's especially bad because his, um, well, she's no longer around, but his grandma used to live in San Diego. And then his sister lived in Huntington Beach and he had other friends in Long Beach. And then he had people all over the place in LA. So oh. when we would go to visit, we would be in the car 50% of our, our trip. We would just be sitting, going from place to place to place. Yeah. It seems like people have to make plans more there too. Like as far as hanging oh. out. Like yeah, absolutely. Sort of like, yeah, we can wing it. <laughs> like, yeah, have a loose plan and, oh, we're going to go over to here now. And it's not like, yeah. Yeah, I drove all the way like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that does not appeal to me yeah. at all. I mean, there is, there is a lot to like it about LA. Yeah, right, I'm for sure. And if you're not, you know, if you're actually living there, you're not going to be driving from yeah. Long Beach to Huntington Beach to That's San true. Diego. You know. Are the people nicer out there? I just assume that the sunshine makes everyone nice. But maybe that's not true. It's different because like in New York, like when people, I think people are super nice in New York actually. Like I think people are helpful. Like I was surprised when I was moving here. Like when you're lost, I was, I, when I was in Virginia at school, there's a thing called like senior showcase where you come up and like, do a showcase in front of like agents and managers and stuff like that. And I was staying with a friend up here and I like, yeah, trains, most trains out of the city go through Penn station. Mm -hmm. I knew that, but then you're not thinking. And so on my way out to catch my train, I went to grand central station, Mm -hmm. just not thinking. And then I'm there and I'm like, Oh shoot. And I'm like figuring it out. Didn't wasn't asking for help, but somebody could see my confusion and came up and just like, oh, where are you trying to go? Oh, blah blah blah. And yeah. I was like, oh, that, gee, New Yorker, I, like you were like helpful without me even asking, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like people do that here, like for the most mm-hmm. part. Like if you can, like if you see somebody, yeah, they're like, oh, I help you, and then I'm on my way. Um, I also think it's just helpful. People don't beat around the bush here. Yeah. There's no time. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's generous. I agree. Versus yeah. in Seattle and probably in LA, people seem nice, but you don't know where you stand with a lot of people necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah. I, people, people like present as really friendly and, and cheery but they might not be as, as helpful and actually friendly as a New Yorker is, who, who probably presents colder on the surface. Yeah. Um, but is, is, you know, would give you up the shirt off their back. Yeah. It's not yeah. pretending. Yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no like pretense or like facade because, you yeah. know, who, who has the time to do that for a stranger, you know? Yeah. And then it's like, do you, if you want to collaborate on something, Oh yeah. It's like, just be honest on the level of interest. And it's like, it's not 
personal. Like if you don't want to, mm -hmm. uh, like if Spike Lee doesn't want to collaborate with me right now, I don't take that, like I get it. He yeah. does, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I'm sure he'll call me when it's, when it's time. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, exactly, he will. But versus like, I don't feel like people for the most part blow smoke up people's asses around here as much. Like it's sort of like, yeah. um, and then if they do, if somebody's like super flaky, I also don't even take that personal anymore. Like I'm just sort of like, all right, um, you get a few chances like with me as far as like yeah. flakiness. And then it's like, I'm not gonna take it personally. It's just like, as far as my priorities, like you're gonna shift to like the bottom of my yeah. priorities and not not personal. It's just like, I don't wanna waste my time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's what I take on New York versus LA. Mm -hmm. That um, more people are kind of putting up a front on the West Coast. Well, and also though, it's like with collaborating because of the time, I think it's harder. People are, aren't going to invest in you right away because if you have to plan to like be somewhere, you want to make sure ahead of time that it's somebody versus mm -hmm. here. Like if you set something up, like if you set up, like we, we're not doing this right now, but if you set up like a meeting with somebody somewhere and mm -hmm. they play, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The risk is uh, a little lower because it's yeah. not this big thing. Yeah. You're not driving three hours or whatever. Um, yeah. An hour. Like it's, it's pretty much like, oh, I went to Times Square. I don't know what happened with this person. Yeah. But from here on any given day in New York, there are five other things I'm sure I could like do. Totally. Yeah, I could totally. go home in a yeah. half an hour anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Grab a hot dog and go home. Yeah. Um, that is true. I need to go to the West Coast. But also, I'm scared that I love it too much. And I, I just love New York. I don't, I don't want to leave yet. Or ever. It's just so expensive. That's my only thing. Like, if I did have, start a family here, it would yeah. be very hard. Yeah. I mean, people do it every day. But it would just be... It would be a radical adjustment. Yeah. Um, what do you all do for work? Um, I I work in fashion. I work for a company that <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but is is not doing well. Retail right now is just not doing well because of a pandemic. Um, we actually filed for Chapter Eleven pretty quickly into this pandemic. Um, so our our company makes sleepwear, and I I manage brands. Um, entertainment brands. So I work oh. at like Disney and uh, Nickelodeon and Ward Brothers, like mostly West Coast properties actually. Um, and I, yeah, I used to have a team, but they were kind of let go in the first wave of, um, of <sighs> reorg as they're calling it, reorg. <laughs> it's like almost two thirds of us are gone. That's not a reorg. This is just, right. This layoffs. is so much bigger. It's layoffs, yeah. Massive. But in the beginning, that's massive layoffs. Massive, yeah. It was such a traumatic time, um, but yeah, re retail is not not doing well right now, and it's not over. 
so yeah. so we shall see but yeah that's 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 what i do um i kind of do a, a mix of different things it's sort you know new yorkers i feel like are really good yeah. at having a, a hustle yeah. who has one job no yeah one. <laughs> yeah um i work for a, a kitchenware store um doing like web design and and maintaining their website and their web uh like web platform uh but i also do photography um i work really closely to uh with a wine retailer doing photography for their um mostly for their social media and um, yeah you did the website for beyond reproach right I didn't actually do the website. No, it's uh, a friend of ours. We had a friend set it up for us that yeah. does, like, we have a friend that does web design. But we, uh, I'm sort of maintain it going forward. Um, yeah. And I do all the photography for us for our, because mm -hmm. we do historic cocktails with all the, uh, all of the stories that we do. We'll choose a cocktail that sort of pairs, um, with the the era that that story came from or maybe the region or whatever so we do um or i take the photos of these cocktails to put on our website and put on our social media nice yeah, yeah they're um, so pretty and speaking of that uh where's the best place for people to follow everything oh yeah on uh, their website right yeah i mean yeah so our website is uh, beyond reproach pod dot com um but it, that's pretty much our handle for everything beyond reproach pod yeah. you can find us on instagram twitter facebook even though stephanie and i both kind of don't really use facebook we yeah. have it um set to auto post from the right. social media accounts that we yeah. do actually use um, i'm on reddit which is yeah. kind of fun uh, i oddly enough I, I really kind of love reddit i'm able to just linger in all these subreddits and just yeah, I'm a bit of a creep. Like I'm just fascinated with like people, so I'm just like, ooh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but I think Instagram is probably the one that we're most active on, and um, definitely we all of our like updates and different things that we do, and it will do like uh, for the summer break re-releases that you mentioned, we did uh, contests on on Instagram to to like ask people to vote on what their favorite episodes were. So that's how we chose which ones were re-released while we were on break. So everything is like through Instagram. We post the cocktail recipes on there um, mm -hmm. and try to encourage people to make those drinks and drink along with us while they listen to the episodes, um, nice. which is fun. I don't know if people yeah. actually do it, but I hope they do. <laughs> I think some of them do actually. Yeah. But some of the drinks are very involved, very involved. Um, yeah, it like definitely. It depends on on the era too, because some of them you have to like really find a good liquor store that has a bunch of weird stuff that yeah. people don't really drink anymore. You know, yeah. Um, the way we drink is very different now from the way yeah we did Absolutely. in in like the seventeen hundreds or eighteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. So, but that's kind of been fun too for me. Um, as much as I love the history aspect of it and the politics. Uh, do doing these like historic cocktails has also been really fun because my first what actually got me into history in the first place was food history i've always been fascinated by food history and um so i think that having the historic cocktails be a part of the show was 
a, a way for me to tie that interest into what we're yeah. doing now. Food is political. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, do you all want to talk about anything else today? So we never finished. Uh, oh, oh yeah. the upcoming episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said that I was doing Mount Rushmore and you never said what you yeah. could do it. Did you finish your thought on, on what you're talking about for Mount Rushmore? Um, I, I don't want to say too much. Yeah. I want people to tune in, but it's very topical. I will just say that um, yeah. from the, from the 4th of July and all the protests that were happening at, um, at Mount Rushmore, that that's what my, that's what informed my scandal. Yeah. And made me want to look into it. And I was horrified with what I found. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I talk about in the, the first episode of the next season, I'm going to be talking about um, the the United Daughters of the Confederacy and the Lost Cause. It um, Both of these things were things that I hadn't really heard much about. I had heard of the United Daughters of the Confederacy, but didn't really know much about who they were, or what they were doing. But basically without, again, without giving away too much, um, it's also really topical, basically talking about Confederate monuments um, and why we care about Confederate yeah. monuments, uh, but also um, education in this country and how uh, certain few people have a hand in the way Americans are taught to think about race and, and uh, our past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most it's all of those by design. were built like a hundred years after the Civil Correct. War. Yeah, yeah. Correct, yes. Yeah. No, I guess and that's the whole like thing. It's a monuments episode that we, we did. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> we, That always seems to work out that way. That It's never yeah. intentional because we keep yeah, our we stories Yeah, we don't tell each other. Yeah. Um, the stories. It's a, but it's for some reason, reveal. it always works out that we're on the same wavelength and we tell yeah. similar stories <laughs> really often. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like we've through through this episode we've talked a lot about how awful this country is <laughs> it's right now and kind of how awful it's always been but I think a lot of what we're doing on the podcast is is looking into the past and and pointing that like things have been really bad and we come from a bad place but the future is always getting better yeah. even though we're kind of in a bad place especially right now uh, and we have a lot more room for, for growth. We're always moving forward. Yeah, and things, people are always things fighting. are getting better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't want people to who are listening to this episode, who've never listened to our show, to just think that it's all doom and gloom. No, right. I, I, I think for me, especially in the last four years, I really like refined my sense of what patriot, being patriotic is. Yeah, because I grew up in a very, very like cookie cutter, like suburban upper middle class white neighborhood, and like patriotism was just putting a flag in your yard yeah. and like not questioning anything and just being like a cheerleader for this country. But it's wanting your country to change is, I think, the most patriotic thing. I yeah. think black people specifically are. We want to believe in this country so hard because we built it. And we know that it can be better. There's a promise is still there, but it's like we have to force them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have to bring yeah. them along and um, 
yeah, our, the podcast is, I think it's ultimately really uplifting for me at least. Like it feels like a labor of love and that like I am learning as long along with the listeners. Like I didn't know this stuff either. I wasn't taught this stuff. Like I had to go find it myself. Yeah. But knowing, knowing these things, you know, knowing more about our past and the bad things that we've done in the past helps us move forward and helps us mm -hmm. uh, sort of reckon with where we come from and, and sort of accept the fact that we do have uh, work to do and we need to do it. And, and yeah. if we do do it and we don't just say, no, America's the best, America's the top, uh, the top at everything, we're the best at everything, you know, if we're not running around saying that, then we can actually be like, oh, okay, you know what? There is, there is things that we can improve and we should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's with history, like a lot of, when a lot of the bad things happen, it's when people aren't doing anything. Yeah. yeah. People disengage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easy, like, I don't want to shame anyone who feels really just like lost and really, um, uh, what's the word, like apathetic, because it's by design. They want you to feel powerless. But in, this is what scares them. There's more of us than there is of them. Yeah. And if we can just engage a little bit, like, we can do it, you know? Yeah. It'll take some fucking time, but we can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I have uh, hope. And I mean, I think you have to choose. You have to make a choice. And so I choose yeah. hope. Same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the, the whole point of the show in the first place is to kind of examine where we come from and look forward with hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, unfortunately, we've seen most of this before, you know? There's like a path through it if we're, you know. Yeah, Trump is committed. Trump is just a, a product of of a lot of people who yeah. came before him. Yeah, and it's always the pe pendulum always swings back and forth. Like history has never been linear. Yeah. There's a there's a reaction to progress always, and we're living through that right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think like even, I mean to hold myself accountable, it's like, I was more active in campaigning for Obama probably than anybody before, anybody Same. after. Same. And hoped, yeah, me too. Kind of probably falsely let myself believe that we were somewhere where we weren't and like Same. just engaged a little bit from the process and like now um both during the pandemic have been doing a lot of like inward looking mm -hmm. um, and now yeah like kind of i don't think that everybody has to directly run for office as far as like getting into politics yeah but i do think that everybody has to engage however they are so it's like yeah as a artist use that platform um and just kind of live life defining discovering mm -hmm. um what my purpose is and then like living life true to that purpose i think is like what we have to do yeah yeah, yeah that's the that's the work of a lifetime 
um, for sure. And yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Not everyone, politics is not for everyone. Like not everyone is cut out to run for office. I know I'm not, um, yeah. but I'm big into like signal boosting anyone that has a lot of promise and like just inspiring other people to be connected. Like everyone needs to fucking vote. Like if you're not, if you're listening this, to this right now and you've not requested your absentee ballot, shame on you. you, you there's still time, but like get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there, there are ways to be engaged that are like low risk in a way. I mean, it's very high risk, but it's not a huge hurdle. The, the barrier to entry is just like a stamp yeah. and, and you can, you can do it. <laughs> I believe in you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. I really, I really probably, if I want to focus on one thing, um, going forward is like engaging the youth vote. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. Because that's a missed opportunity and it's, yeah, like we have to do a better job, mm-hmm. period. No, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then also maybe working to make voting easier, like, <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah. Like in I mean, Australia or New Zealand where you're Australia. automatically registered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we, get, we don't we have, have a day off. antiquated system of voting. Yeah. Well, and they also done. have uh, ranked choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Makes such oh. a huge difference in the way oh. we elect people in this country. If we had ranked choice, yeah. um, then it, it would people, people game like, changer. Yeah. People like Bernie Sanders wouldn't be this like crazy outlier that, you know, because if people weren't afraid that they were throwing away their votes, they would just mm-hmm. vote the way they wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. And people like, like demagogues like Trump would never have a chance because people would say like, oh, he's too negative. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Like he would be ranked last by every, well, not by everyone, but by the majority of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do see that reform coming. Yeah. They've, they, there's this organization, this NPO called Fair, Fair Vote, and they've been doing a lot of work for the last like 12 years. Like they've really been pushing it hard. That's why New York has it for local elections now. Mm-hmm. Um, Maine has it for uh, general elections. I think it's on the ballot two other places for general this time around. So things are changing. And if we can get to a place where more than, um, I guess, more than half of the states have ranked choice voting, it'll basically be the default. And we'll have a real democracy for the first time. None of this um, person coming in second being president thing. Yeah. Um, Um, It's absurd. So the links to Beyond Reproach will be in the show notes, probably to the Instagram and to the website. Yeah. How would you feel about for this episode also maybe putting in a link um, to where people can register. If oh, hell yeah. 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 That'd be amazing. Let's do it. Like, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be perfect. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that it. Idea. Great idea. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about today? Um, when are you coming on our show? Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me know. Um, yeah. So, so, so uh, did you, do you, I mean, you're, you shouldn't tell us what you would want to do, but like, do you have an idea for a potential scandal? 
I have a couple, but yeah, I'll, I'll look up. I'll, I'll think yeah. about that. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. No pressure, but yeah, yeah eventually you're going to have to come on because you said it once <laughs> and I'm going to yeah. hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts you want to leave with people? Uh, I think looking forward to this election, we have to realize that, you know, no politician is perfect and Joe Biden might not have been your first choice or your 10th choice. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's the, he's the guy, he's the one that we have, the, you know, he's our only choice at this point and yeah. he might not be perfect, but no one is no, even your first choice had flaws. So, yeah. uh, you can't, you can't, you know, history has taught us that even so-called perfect politicians are not perfect. Yeah. Everybody has yeah. flaws. Yeah, no, I think that's a good message. And I'm just going to be very simple is just vote. Yeah. I don't care how you <laughs> vote, but vote. Yeah. Just vote. Yeah. Do it. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for sitting down with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for having us. It's a pleasure and a, an honor. And I, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and I will talk to you all soon. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. You after made the mistake of giving us your email. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After quarantine is over, maybe we'll yeah. get together in Bushwick and hang out. You worked at a bar in Bushwick. I used to. Right. Oh, you, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what I do right now. In <laughs> um, but no. But yeah. Yes. We will <laughs> okay. get together. We, we yeah. will get together in real life, and it will be magic. Yes. Hopefully, Dork Web will be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye guys. So that was my conversation with Tux and Stephanie from Beyond Reproach. As I said, the links will be in the show notes, so check that out. And also, if you have not registered to vote um, and you agree or disagree with anything that we said, please check out the link to register um, and let your voice be heard um, and pass that on. Um, Like always, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate review share um there's something else there that i'm forgetting um do that uh you know just let me know what you think and most importantly yeah let your voice be heard by participating in the process by doing the work that you're called here to do while you're here while we're here um i think that's a big thing with people passing suddenly it's like we do have a limited amount of time so Make the most of it. Um, There's a calling. There's something. Maybe there's more than one thing. But whatever it is, why not try it out? I hope you will. I hope you'll share it with the world. And if I can help you do it, um, please let me know. Please keep me informed. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good one. I will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.